Hi, welcome to the Body Work in Pregnancy podcast. In this podcast, we will discuss the hidden treasures of body work during pregnancy. I found the most renowned experts in the field of body work and pregnancy and asked them about their experiences. Why do they think it's time to give body work a well-deserved place in prenatal care, childbirth preparation and postnatal care? I am Luz Madern and I work as a Thai massage practitioner with pregnant women. I'm also in training to be a doula. I am mesmerized by the intricacies of our human being, how we treat ourselves, how we see ourselves and why we deny ourselves to be as powerful as we can be. To me that became most clear when looking back at my two pregnancies and so a fascination began. I am thrilled that I get to speak to all these experts from all over the world because I truly feel that bodywork needs to form a more steady part of our lives and especially during pregnancy. I offer a platform to learn for moms and dads to be. And along the way, I am picking up on so much new stuff myself. So thank you for listening and please let me know what you think of this podcast. Today it's time for massage again. I speak with the fabulous Buswer Finch, who has been working in women's health for over 25 years. She was a doula before doulas had a name, being part of a community where women traditionally support each other through birth and postnatal healing. She is an abdominal massage therapist and a teacher. Over the years she developed her own new form of healing, Milan therapy, in which she has by now trained practitioners from all over the world. Since a lot of bodywork practitioners leave out massaging the belly during pregnancy, I thought it might be worthwhile to talk to Bushra about just that, abdominal massage during pregnancy. Hi Bushra, welcome. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so nice that you can be here. Yeah, yeah. So, we talk about abdominal massage in pregnancy. Yes. Because that's what you do a lot of the time. That's what I do a lot of the time, yes. <laughs> and um, I think, as you said, it, I, was, I was actually surprised when people were saying that pregnancy massage didn't include the belly. It, <laughs> It just seems amazing to me because that's surely that's just massage. Um, no difference. So Mizan does definitely focus on the belly um, for pregnancy massage. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So can you explain a bit what because you got into birth work, you've been a doula, yes. you've done some massaging. Yes. And done. <laughs> what happened <laughs> what was your your route okay so my route was as you say I I was a doula I was a doula for a long time um I was a doula before doulas actually had a name um and as part of my doulaing journey I was a member of doula UK and one of the um one of my colleagues in doula UK did a training with Rosita Arvigo in Arvigo Massage. And she was just over the moon about the benefits of it. 
And when she talked to me about it, it just made so much sense. So I took the training myself. So my, my route in the um, uh, abdominal work is with um, Rosita Arvigo. After I trained with her, I discovered a whole world of um, women's womb massage from all, all corners of the world and all traditional healing has some form of womb work for women. And um, so I looked into that and took inspiration from um, practitioners in India, uh, from Indian origin, um, Indonesian, Malaysian, North African, and pretty soon I wasn't doing our ego massage anymore. I was doing a, a kind of a blend of our ego plus these other modalities that I'd brought in. Um, and so I decided to break from the Alvigo Institute and set up Mizan therapy, which is what I do now and have been training people, other women in that since 20, oh, men as well, actually, since 2014. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, you focus on the belly. I focus <laughs> on the belly, on yes. The belly. And the belly I, only? I or do you do work on the legs or on the back, the shoulders? Okay, so we start um, on the we start on the belly. We do the uh, lower abdominal work over the womb area. We do work on the upper abdomen, so we're kind of releasing the diaphragm and the tension that's held um, held there. Working on um, we also do some lymph work on the um, uh, upper thighs and around the groin area, and then we do work on the back. Mm -hmm. um, generally, kind of about the bra strap for anybody anybody with anatomy knowledge, it's T eight um, down to about T twelve, and then the sacral area, which is more or less waistline to bra strap, because where through the spine the the nerves that innervate the abdominal organs come through the spine at that point. So we're kind of releasing that to kind of get maximum nerve stimulation to the abdominal organs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and to put it in a bit broader perspective, this podcast is about um, body work in pregnancy. Yeah. But you work a lot with women in different stages of their life mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, Just to get a broad perspective of the Mizan <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, Mizan is, is suitable for women at any age, really. Um, certainly be from pre-menarche to post-menopause and I used to treat my my daughter when she was about five because she was having uh, she was having some kind of um, problems with her extremities from doing high impact she was doing gymnastics as as long as you've got a child that can lie still for long enough to do something it will be effective mm -hmm. and then at the other end but yes um, treating things from all kinds of menstrual health issues, um, any wound-based reproductive health um, uh, issues can be treated with, with Mizan. Yeah. yeah. And also pregnancy. So a lot of my work will be, will be um, doing, uh, working on fertility enhancement and preparing women for the pregnancy journey. Yeah, yeah. 
and then you can treat them during pregnancy and you continue afterwards yes. postpartum yes. yes yeah so yeah all through pregnancy well pregnancy from about 16 to 18 weeks um i don't think i don't think miss ann would be of any harm um before that and certainly we've had women on training who have unknowingly been pregnant and had some very intense work during the training and had successfully carried to term with no problems. But we know that the, the diciest kind of time of a pregnancy is that first, those first few weeks. So, you know, human nature is that we tend to look for a cause for something. And I don't want anybody to think, oh, that was the cause of it. I don't want anybody, not me as a therapist and not a client to have any kind of concerns on that, mm -hmm. on that basis. So we tend to wait until 16 to 18 weeks. And if there's been any history of miscarriage, then probably about 18 to 20 weeks, just to be absolutely safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what are the benefits during pregnancy? What, what, what can you do for a woman? <laughs> well, Apart from the, the obvious thing that massage actually makes you feel good um, and those benefits, <laughs> it does, it is also therapeutic. I'm not knocking the, yeah, that's a really nice massage. It makes me feel nice. Uh, you know, I, I go for massages just for that. Um, but it is, a, Mizan really is a therapeutic modality. Um, a lot of the kind of pregnancy issues that we think are a normal part of pregnancy can actually um, be are actually the symptoms of a womb that's not in the in the correct position, so we can we can alleviate some of those symptoms. So things like um, people who have uh, extreme sickness, hyperemesis, for instance. I mean, the, the early days of 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 sickness when um, which is just a, that hormonal thing up to in the first trimester we're not really doing very much on that but if it goes beyond that then we can really help it can help with all the digestive issues it helps with you know that time when everything's big and you can't get enough breath and you can't eat um, it can really help alleviate those um, it's relaxation it brings a good blood supply to the baby it helps strengthen the womb herself and all her supporting structures um i think my my evidence well my experience is that women who have regular treatments tend to go into labor much closer to their their kind of due date though i really hate due date but that's a whole other conversation <laughs> um and also tend to have more productive labors because the womb is is uh really strong because of all the blood that the massage brings um, it helps and the womb is helped into a better position which aids the baby into a better position the labor is more productive so instead of having to spend hours or even days in some cases of the womb trying to get the baby shifted around into a good position for birth if the baby's already in that position once labor starts all you have to do is get the baby out rather than maneuver the baby into the position first mm-hmm Yeah. Recovery tends to be a lot better as well. Um, I found when women have had regular treatments. Yeah, yeah. And and what if um, uh, the baby is already in a position that's not the easiest? 
Well, <laughs> well uh, the most obvious one is in breach yeah. position. Yeah. Is there yeah. something you can do later on or do you start earlier? I mean, ideally, we would like somebody to have treatment before pregnancy. Um, so there's less work to do. You can still do some really good work during pregnancy. But once you've got the baby as well, it, it just it's it's easier without the baby in the womb to do the work. Um, but you can still bring huge benefits. You can still, I mean, one of the best things I know, apart from some of, I do um, some of the spinning babies techniques um, for mother positioning. I particularly like the side lying release. Actually, I find that really good. And most clients, I will do a side lying release after each, after each session, after each session with them. Um, it will, you can, I think actually talking the baby around can be one of the most effective ways, which is why I like to teach women a, a little self-massage routine, which allows them to really connect with the baby. And then they can talk to the baby and say, hey, you know, I know you've got your own thing. You can be born whatever position you decide, but it really would be a bit easier if we could just kind of shift you around a bit. <laughs> And, you know, just really welcoming that baby at that time connection is really welcoming the baby and sending out so much love. I found often that women will have a first on the first pregnancy. It's like every day they're checking the, the diary to see what the baby's like now. How big is it? How much has it grown? Blah, blah, blah. By the second, third, you know, it's like you get to the end, you go, oh, God, I'm pregnant. I must do something about this. You know, so it's it's allowing women that time to really connect with this with this um, baby and, and kind of really tune in. And they can often give you their personalities and you get a sense of, of what they're about before they're born by that connection. Yeah. 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 And, and before you said something about um, uh, working on the. Uh, abdomen um, before the women get pregnant so mm. the starting position of the pregnancy is better and, and for yeah. the baby for the position of the baby later on as well yeah absolutely if if the womb is more aligned then you are going to get fewer of those early pregnancy symptoms because that you know uh, that kind of pregnancy nausea yeah, it's, it's a, it has a hormonal base like progesterone and um, HCG. But what I found is that if, if you go into pregnancy with a womb that's particularly retroverted, you get much more pregnancy sickness because there's something about that position that really causes a hormonal imbalance. So the better the womb position before pregnancy, the less likelihood there is of, of of having that kind of hormonal overload that makes you sick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can prevent things like breech position as well. Yeah. yeah. The better the womb. I mean, obviously, you know, with things like baby positioning, there's also the baby to consider and the mum's yeah. kind of emotional state and how that baby came to be and all that. So they can be a huge emotional factor, but on a physical factor which Mizan can actually help with as well actually but on a physical basis is the better the womb position the easier it is for the baby to take up a good position ready for birth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And are there things that women can do themselves to get the womb or, yeah, to, to get themselves in a better position, <laughs> to get a better alignment? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, gen I mean, before pregnancy, um, there's not just misanthropists, there's also Ovigo uh, therapists and uh, Claire Blake, who has fertility massage. They will all help on womb position before pregnancy. Um, things like diet can help lifestyle type things. There are, you know, certain forms of exercise will help because mizan actually means balance. And that's all we're trying to do is to bring balance to the body. You know, we are primed for homeostasis, which is balance. But we keep doing the same old things that keep the body out of balance. So it can't quite shift. So what we need to do is try and shift that balance. So things like womb yoga are really good for women pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, um, those positions that focus on, on, on womb health. And the more balanced we are, for instance, the, the, some of the ligaments that hold the womb in place are attached to the pelvis. So if our lifestyle is such that we're always, oh, no, look at me, I'm sitting cross-legged now. Okay. <laughs> Things like that, sitting cross-legged can put the pelvis out of alignment that you know the way the way we hold ourselves it might be a little thing that we do in everyday life that over time starts to build up so an awareness of how we use our bodies can be really useful to women on on helping alignment as well as you know yeah uh, mizan would be I'm obviously going to promote Mizan more than of Vigo or Fertility Massage. <laughs> but they're all good. You know, people get in touch with me and say, oh, I'm looking for a Mizan therapist in blah, blah, and I haven't got one. I'll say, go and find an Ovigo therapist. Go and find Fertility Massage. It will all help. Anything that you can do will be useful. Mm -hmm. um, diet, having um, good nutrition really helps to prepare the body for pregnancy as well. And also... Um, make make pregnancy more likely as well um, herbal supplements can be useful all sorts of things that you can do and also as a mizan therapist when i see people pre-pregnancy i teach them a self-massage routine the more you take things into your own health uh, own hands um, the better and also there's a self-massage for pregnancy as well yeah that's nice that that women can do something themselves at yeah. home and and um, take I things think, into their own hand. Yeah, I think it's important. I, yeah. you know, I, I'm not really into people coming to see me every month, every month, every month. I'd rather see them for a short burst of time, mm -hmm. give them the tools, and then say, okay, go and you know, <laughs> go and go and do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly I have noticed that women who take on the kind of the practices at home tend to get better results than those who who depend on me as a therapist. Mm -hmm. It's about taking ownership of your own health. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Prior prioritize yourself. Yeah. Prioritize yourself. Yes. Prioritize yourself. Which is, it's hard for women. We, we're kind of brought up really to serve others before ourselves and we feel guilty if we take that time for ourselves which is uh, you know it's, it's nonsense because you can't you can't pour from an empty jug we have to keep refilling that jug and nourishing ourselves 
to be of use to our families around us and the wider society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we totally lost the connection to our womb. We have, yes. <laughs> I did not have a clue that I really had a womb until I got pregnant. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. We have lost that. It's, we're kind of competing with men in a men's world. It is a patriarchal society. And we tended to do it on men's terms rather than female terms. And to do that, we've had to kind of deny uh, those aspects of our femininity, um, our hormonal cycles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it's starting to turn back round again now. And people are starting, women are starting to claim their, their womanhood and their femininity and still um, be out there doing what they need to do. But on our own terms, not on somebody else's terms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great that you, you say that because I'm not working long enough in that field to see it change. Like mm. for me, it's a change, but it's the bubble that I'm in right now. <laughs> but yeah. you've been in working in the field for so long. So you've seen the change over the years. Yeah. Yeah. It is still a bit of a bubble because the people that come to see me are ready for that change. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And the people listening to this podcast as well. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I am noticing a difference. I'm noticing a difference with clients coming to me where it used to be very hard work saying, can we look at your diet? Can we make some changes here? Now people are coming through my door and I'm going, what about your diet? And I'm talking to them and I'm going, that's great. You're already on the way. People have, I, I think women have started to take that control back. Most Probably about 50% of the women that are coming to me now are already charting their cycles. Um, I think charting cycles is really important for self-knowledge, knowing when, when the highs and lows of your particular cycle are. Um, and that's even post-menopause. There's still an energy cycle that goes, that, that goes. And only charting will give you a really good picture of your individual needs at any point in, your, at any point in the month. Yeah. So, yeah, I am noticing that, that women are already starting to take charge of those things before they come and see me. Yeah, that's cool. That's nice. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so important. Yes, yeah. So what about men and Mizan? Do you involve them during the pregnancy? Or? Um, men, yeah, I, I will sometimes try and see men Um, I don't like men watching while I'm doing treatments. Um, I don't think it's a spectator sport. And I also think that women need um, private time in cases, things that they want to talk about that they don't want to say in front of their partners. But I think on the first, on the first um, session, it's useful to have the men at least for the informational part so they know what's going on and they know why things are happening. I will sometimes um, call, have them call them back into the room after I've done the treatment to show them how to do, say, a sideline release so that they can continue that um, at, at home in between, um, in between sessions with me. Um, I th yeah, uh, I will during, <laughs> it's a kind of a bit of a drip drip. So while I've got men there, 
I will drop in little bits of information um, about birth and about um, the the kind of like the, the hormonal aspect of birth and why it's like it is and kind of preparing them for not not to be scared I think because I think men do get quite scared particularly if they're in a hospital setting um, and it looks so intense it, it, birth looks such an intense it is an intense process if you're on the outside of it it can look quite scary and I have as a doula I noticed that men would often go to the midwife oh can't you just give her something <laughs> And can, by wanting to make things better and protect their partner, can then completely scupper a birth that's going really well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just kind of trying to drip little things into them about so that they can feel more prepared, they feel calmer. Because when you're laboring, the adrenaline, the high adrenaline is very contagious. So if your partner's on high adrenaline, you as the birthing woman will pick it up. So it's just kind of trying to ease them into that. Just, just let it happen. Just sit on your hands. Don't try and fix it. Let it be because yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because adrenaline stalls labor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 And also with the women, actually, I'll be talking, you know, while I'm doing the massage, I'll be talking to the women about birth um, and just before and after the session and just kind of dropping little bits in here and there mm -hmm. <laughs> that's nice so they get a bit more information but no overload yeah yes mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, and and what do you hear from from the women after a couple of sessions what are the things they notice themselves um i think the immediate thing is they go oh i feel so relaxed uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> very relaxing <laughs> um that often they often go to sleep during us during a session it's amazing i don't know whether that's some kind of magic of nisan or whether it's that, um actually once you're in late pregnancy sleep can become very difficult <laughs> and then suddenly they're in this very warm cozy womb-like room um with no, no demands made on them But yeah, I, I, yeah, they, and also they talk about um, things like uh, pelvic girdle pain can be reduced, sometimes eliminated completely after a few sessions. Um, they do talk about how much easier it is to breathe because we've kind of done some diaf uh, releasing on their diaphragm and eating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and often they'll say how much easier it is as the baby kind of moves and things kind of improve that they they actually sleep better at home as well cool yeah yeah so it's got a lot of effects yeah. on the physical body Absolutely. and the well-being therefore uh, yeah and of, and often it can you know because we are working on the back even during pregnancy we're work, doing a little bit of back work um working over the adrenal glands if they are having any anxiety around it doesn't even need to be birth issues it can just be family life or you know whatever um it can really help to depress the system and, and just lower anxiety levels mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and after birth oh, after birth. <laughs> what 
what can you do <laughs> what do you do when <laughs> when's an important one yeah when um i mean there are things that women i will teach women about that they can do at home um as soon as they feel able after the birth things like castor oil packs um vaginal steaming even they can be doing um their own their own massage but probably massage, um, probably not for the first couple of weeks. Um, if they had, say, a cesarean section, then I say get the castor oil packs on as soon as the scars close. The sooner you can get them doing castor oil packs are great for reducing scar tissue mm-hmm. so, and bringing warmth. Because the thing is, we've got to do this kind of whole mother warming thing. Yes. Um, you know, you've had this central heating boiler inside you. And suddenly it's not there. So you have this kind of empty energetic space, which can be really cooling to the system. So it's about warming them up and advising them on eating warming foods. Um, things that are easy to digest. Soups are great. Um, there are foods with uh, from a traditional um, uh, basis that are best avoided for new mothers, particularly things like gar- um, not gar- sorry, onions. Onions are windy, so they can produce colic in the baby. So traditional societies, the mother will eat no onions. Garlic is fine. It doesn't have the same thing. And garlic is really warming. So it's using garlic as a flavoring rather than rather than onions. Um, So, yeah, anything that can affect the mother's digestive system can have a knock on effect to the baby as well. And just teaching mums to keep warm, you know, um, wear socks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really seriously it's dead simple keep your feet warm and you're much warmer um letting other people taking take the strain don't think you've got to get up and running immediately um i always say to women take a week in the bed a week around the bed and then keep as long as you can stay in pajamas nobody asks you to do housework if you're in the pajamas <laughs> as soon as you get dressed Everybody assumes you're on duty again, you know, whether that's stocking the freezer beforehand, getting some kind of food train with um, a community around you, whatever it is, just and t- take it easy. And, you know, I won't do massage on anybody below kind of like 10 to 14 days. If all you do is put a hot water bottle on your lower belly or put your hands just above the pubic bone and hold them there. That will bring warmth. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really warm the area. Um, wrapping um, the um, Ben Kung uh, Malaysian um, wrapping or just any form of wound wrapping. Um, you know, those Japanese belly wraps are great as well because they just pull on. Keep keep that area warm. Keep yeah. you, you know. The relaxing that opens your pelvis to make the birth easier also affects all your other joints. So if you get chills after birth, it can lead to arthritis later in life. So the warm you can keep, the more you're protecting yourself in the immediate and for years to come. Mm-hmm. So and does the warmth as well um, invite all the organs back into their it space or maybe a different place that they were in before? <laughs> Yeah, that depends on the birth, doesn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes a birth can, uh, if you if you look after yourself well post birth, 
that warmth will encourage the, the muscles and ligaments to um, contract down much more evenly. So your womb is in a much better uh, position. Sometimes if you've had a more challenging birth, it can, it can cause damage to those ligaments, in which case it's much more important to really, really work on them and bring warmth to the area. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, you know, see a therapist um, as soon as possible, um, particularly if it has been a challenging experience, is to see a therapist and, and just get some work done. Um, even, you know, even like chiropractic or osteopaths can, can help because often, you know, you, you get stuck. Sometimes you get a bit stuck in labor and that can kind of cause the pelvis to kind of go out slightly. So just even just bringing the pelvis back in can help. Yeah. 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 And then after two, three weeks, well, they can come to you well, you they come can, to them me or i can go to them i mean it's quite nice when they bring little babies when women bring little babies oh, and yeah. you have to you know it can oh, oh, <laughs> a massage that would take like an hour on the table generally when you've got a young baby you've got to allow it could be two hours on the table because <laughs> you stop you feed the baby baby goes to sleep you put the baby to the side stop massaging baby wakes up <laughs> And it's great. It's lovely. It's really, it's, it's really nice. Totally um, different interaction. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and the thing, I think the thing is, you know, Mizan is pretty slow anyway as, as, a, as a treatment. Pregnancy Mizan is so, really, you just go as a therapist, you just go into this whole of the world and you get into this kind of oxytocin kind of place and everything slows down. Um, and that's the same when you're working postnatally as well. It's just like really tuning in <laughs> and kind of, yeah, slow is the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what are the benefits postnatally? From well, it's, I say it's, it's bringing warmth to the area, in, increasing the healing potential. Um, you know, this, this idea of women, um, I don't know, earning their motherhood stripes, well, I had the baby at 10 o'clock this morning and two hours later, I was out around the supermarket doing the shop. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Rest, rest, rest. And the more you can rest and, uh, you know, you are allowing that healing. Pregnancy and birth is not an illness by any means. So recovery is a bit of a, an odd word to use. Um, but it has taken, you've done a lot of very hard work. You've grown a whole other human being in your body, you have birthed them into our, our environment. Um, and then you're potentially feeding this new little being as well. You need to look after yourself to really kind of, you know, to, to really nourish yourself. You can't nourish your little one if you're not really well nourished yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we tend to think we have to do everything ourselves as <laughs> yeah, soon as possible. <laughs> I remember being up and running and opening the door after the two days or something. I think the second day already, yeah. 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 <laughs> I wouldn't do it like that anymore, but I was very proud of it. Look at me. I'm fully dressed. I've had a shower, opening the door, making coffee. <laughs> yeah. 
because <laughs> I, I think you know the more rested the mom and um the the more rested the baby you know when when if your mum's trying to do too much too soon it's it's kind of putting stress on her and that is going to be kind of passed on to the baby so the more we can kind of get the mum resting the I think the calmer the baby actually yeah 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 mm. so do you have um like a massage exercise for women that they can do at home like is it possible to explain <laughs> it in audio <laughs> well, this is the challenge isn't it that's the um, challenge used yeah. to either video or in person uh, so i am going to do my best i have adapted it slightly because some things um if you've not experienced what they should feel like i don't want anybody doing something too hard and hurting themselves so it is an adaptation um of the uh, pregnancy routine and I am going to do my best <laughs> <laughs> to describe it on audio um, but I have given you the um, those little diagrams that I um, put together yeah. as well so yeah, I put them in the show notes yeah hopefully with those diagrams it will um, take up the my, my lack of whatever verbal expertise <laughs> Okay, so I think the first thing is um, just to remember not to do self-massage before 16 to 18 weeks and 18 to 20 weeks if there has been any history of miscarriage. You will, you'll need a nice oil, so a nice plant-based oil, not um, a petrochemical. So any any plant-based oil that you like i personally uh, like to use olive oil it's nice and slidey um and as a therapist people don't tend to have um allergic reactions to plant-based oils where they can do for nut oils if you want to you can add some nice essential oil to it and make it smell nice um some aromatherapy schools won't even allow lavender oil they say tangerine or orange only um i actually think they're really nice oils to use they're very gentle um they're very grounding oils and yet uplifting you know the scent of tangerine orange it really brings joy to you which is often <laughs> which is often needed during pregnancy anyway um so the first thing is to warm your hands up. You don't want to be putting cold hands on your on yourself. So if your hands are a bit cold, it's not too bad here at the moment because it's summer, but just rub them together, friction, just get them nice and warm. When they are warm is place them on your belly just above the pubic bone. You can either put one, one hand over the other, just above your pubic bone. And take a few minutes now to just tune in. Um, if it's appropriate for you, you can um, do a prayer, um, make an intention for what you want from, the, from doing this self-massage and just try and make a connection with the baby. Um, I think it's really tempting in pregnancy. We focus so much on the mother that we can sometimes forget that the baby's a part of the whole process as well. So when you're ready, put your fingertips down 
just to the top of the pubic bone. So your fingertips are pointing down towards your toes. Um, I think a note here is to prop yourself up with cushions so you're not lying flat, flat, which will put um, pressure on the vena cava. So just kind of semi-reclined. Um, put your fingertips, so fingertips just on the pubic bone and then slide them off so you're on the belly, not on bone. It really doesn't feel nice if you start massaging on bone. And then gently, but firmly with a good contact and keeping as much of your hand on your body as possible is take three strokes up to the belly button. How far you travel here is going to depend on how pregnant you are. And right at the end, it's going to be a much longer stroke than at the beginning. Um, so it's three strokes up to the belly button. And then we're going to go from the right hip bone, three strokes diagonally to the belly button. Your, your ending point on all of these strokes is the belly button. So that's three strokes from the right, and then from the left hip bone, three, three strokes, again, diagonally to the belly button. So three strokes up the middle, three from the right, three from the left is one round. And if you can aim to complete nine, nine rounds, um, that would be great. Because nine is a magic number. <laughs> so that is the lower abdomen. Then we're going to move on to the upper abdomen. And again, put your hands, as much of your hand as you can get on as possible. And below the ribs, and again, this is going to depend on how pregnant you are, um, is three strokes down to the belly button. And then, because we always do the right-hand side first, we're going to go three strokes from the, find the bottom of the right rib cage and do three strokes diagonally, again, to the belly button. And then from the left-hand side at the bottom of the rib cage, three strokes to the belly button. And again, that's one round. And if you can complete nine rounds, that would be absolutely fab. If you are feeling really tired, um, I think most women do this before they go to sleep at night. If you're feeling really tired and you've got any kind of, oh, I've got to do that massage before I can go to sleep, just leave it alone. <laughs> this really is about, about caring for yourself. And if there's any resentment there, um, then just don't do the practice. It's much better to leave it than to do it um, with anything less than love. So then when you've done your lower and then the upper, just take a moment to think about anything you're holding on to that no longer serves you. Um, this can be a physical thing, an emotional or spiritual, whatever it is, it's probably something that served a purpose once, but no longer, and you need to let go of it. No point carrying all this baggage around with you. So place your finger, hand, it really doesn't matter, on your belly button, and holding in mind this thing that you want to release is gently spiral outwards in a clockwise direction. So clockwise would be 12 o'clock is the top, six o'clock is the pubic bone. Um, so starting, so you're going round clockwise. 
hold this thing in your mind as you spiral out. Thank it for the lessons that it's brought. Um, but now it's time to let go of it because it's no longer helping you. Um, sometimes it helps to work with your breath. So as you imagine releasing this is to just do a kind of a breath, just let it out. So when you've released what you need to release, um, pause at 12 o'clock. And now just consider if there's something that you want to manifest and bring into your life. We don't want to leave a big hole in the middle of you. So we're going to have to fill it with something. Um, so again, think of something. It can be a physical thing. It can be emotional, spiritual, whatever it is. And once you have that connection with what you want, um, continue with your spiral. Don't change direction. So it's still going um, clockwise. And take it back to the belly button. While you're doing that, just hold your manifestation in your conscious mind and really call it in. You know, see yourself doing it, being it, holding it, whatever it is, really make that yours. When you're back at the belly button, um, what I tend to do is hold my hands over the belly button. Um, and if it's appropriate, do a prayer over it or just a really strong intention that that's what you're going to have. That's going to be yours now. Then you just slide your hands back down to just above the pubic bone. Um, you can move one or you can move one hand to the pubic bone and one to the heart to make that nice heart womb connection. Connecting with your baby. Trust your intuition. Listen for any messages she or he has for you. Don't forget to thank yourself for doing the self-massage and taking the time to care for yourself. And then you're finished. Wow. I hope that made sense. <laughs> mm, it sounds lovely. It's lovely to listen to it. <laughs> it really calms you down. <laughs> and I feel like doing it myself now. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you can. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, it doesn't need <laughs> to be a baby you in your belly. To be too. No, absolutely. <laughs> you do not have to be pregnant. Anybody can do this. <laughs> nice. Thank you very much. We will put the, the diagram that you made in the show notes. Yeah. And I will put a link to your website. Thank you. And yes. I will put a link to Spinning Babies as well, since we've been talking about the sideline release. And yes. Yeah. People can just look it up as well if they're interested. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the sideline release is really, it's a really useful one and very easy to learn for dads yeah. to learn how to do it. Uh -huh. yeah. 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 Okay. Well, thank you very much, Bushra. It was so nice talking to you. <laughs> And I hope you get a lot of students for this lovely work so you can spread it even wider on the, the world. It's yes, and I hope COVID goes away very quickly so that we can actually get training again. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's hope for that. Yeah, and working with women too. That's, yeah. I know, yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to say no to people at this time that need help. But yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
yeah, here in Holland we can go and work again, but yeah, in so many countries yes. in the world, there's well, nothing yeah. possible yet. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Let's hope for the best with that. Yes, let's do. <laughs> well, thank you for this conversation. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, please share this episode with your friends. And I would really like to know what you think of it. So let me know on Instagram or Facebook. The details you find in the show notes.